0: come on grab a seat grab a seat grab a seat you're doing well yeah. yes hello online to everybody joining in our online community we love you and if you are re-watching this can I just say I don't think I don't think it's a, qu- a coincidence you're watching this video I believe God's gonna speak to you wherever you find yourself and I believe everyone in this room is gonna hear a word from God this morning And uh, I hope you expect it. I'm really excited to bring this word this morning. This is one of my favorite messages to bring. I actually wrote this word uh, towards the end of probably one of the craziest years we've, most of us have experienced in our lifetime, which I hate talking about it, but COVID, hello. And uh, I wrote this message and I believe that this message was actually supposed to be written for you as well. And uh, so I hope you're ready for taking notes. Go ahead and get that ready. And um, it is an honor always to be here and to bring the word. And even just to be bringing the word in the lead up to Christmas, uh, we're a week away, which is crazy. It feels like Christmas last year was just yesterday, and now we're in almost in 2024. Hello. And uh, I hope you're ready. Any, okay, I'm, I have to ask this question again. Who is still needing to finish buying gifts for your family? Raise your hand. Okay. The words for you this morning. So, good news. Open your ears. Be ready. Hopefully this message will help you be prepared for this uh, Christmas to come. But why don't we go ahead and open this morning with prayer. um, And then we'll jump straight into it. Actually, pause that. I want to give you the title of the message, and then we'll go into prayer. And before I give you the title, if you are taking notes, uh, I actually don't have points this morning. So if you're a note taker and you like points, I'm so sorry. Um, I don't have, I don't have uh, points for you this morning. But I want to give you a tip. If you are taking notes on this message this morning, I am going to be sharing a few stories. What I want to encourage you to do is at the top of your, me- at the top of your notes, write this, this question down if this is okay, I want you to write this question because I want you to ask yourself this question nonstop this whole morning. Is God, what are you saying to me? I want you to write that question now. God, what are you saying to me? I said this last time and I'm gonna say it again. The message is never supposed to be a monologue. It is always supposed to be a dialogue. I believe God has spoken to me and he is speaking to me. But as the word is exhorted this morning, your job is to not just listen to a monologue, but your job is to participate in a dialogue. Your job is to be asking God, God, what are you saying to me? What does this mean to me? It's exactly what my dad just said with the water fountain. (laughs) What is God saying to me through this water fountain? What is God saying to me through this scripture? What is God saying to me through this story? What is God saying to me through this point? through this statement, through this question, what is God saying to me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you for this beautiful morning. God, we thank you we're alive and well. God, we thank you that this morning you want to speak to us, that you have a word for us. God, that this word is not a coincidence, but it is ordained by you. It is set forth by you. You are the author of it. And Holy Spirit, you're here already. (laughs) And God, we pray, Father, that you would fill and flood our hearts like never before. God, we pray for the Christmas season ahead. God, that your hand of favor would be upon our families, our lives, our plans. And God, that you would anoint our steps this week. Holy Spirit, your presence is so tangible in this place. We pray for every new person in here, God, that they would experience you to be as real as the carpet that they stand on, the seat that they're sitting on. And God, we thank you that the Cowboys absolutely smoked the Eagles. And God, we pray, we know your word says that your mercies are new every morning, but God, we pray that your mercies would not be new for the bills today as the cowboys go to smash them and show no mercy to the bills. In Jesus' mighty name, if you agree with me, can you say amen? Amen. 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 I got to get myself situated briefly because, uh, I hope this is okay. I'm going to put my, I'm going to put this here. I'm actually not going to, I'm used to speaking with an iPad, but it's been giving me a bit of problems. so. I don't really want to say this is old school because I don't want to offend anybody if they use paper. But I'm going to go a little old school today. So this is a bit new territory for me. So if you see me fumbling with the paper, please show me some grace. Um, I'm I'm getting out of my comfort zone a little bit this morning. Uh, But the title of this message is this. Bringing value. And being valued. Bringing value and being valued. Have you ever had a problem with rings? What? Have you ever had a problem with rings? For me, I have a lot of problem with rings. Rings, sorry. Is it my accent? It, what's going on? Have you ever had a problem with rings? Rings? I have so many problems with rings my whole life. I had, when I turned 13, I had a purity ring. I remember my dad prayed over me and he gave me this purity ring. And in his prayer, he said, I pray that any impure thoughts that come into his mind, this ring would burn on his hand like fire. (laughs) Unfortunately, that didn't work. Um, Wish I could say it did, but I never felt any fire on my hand. But I had many problems with rings. I would lose my rings. There was many issues where I would lose my purity ring and people would come up to me and go, so does this mean you're not impure anymore? Did you do the deed? And I'd be like, nope, I'm 13 years old. (laughs) Um, Don't even know what the deed is. Um, And I would lose rings constantly, all the time. I still have this problem. I don't even know where my wedding ring is that I got from day one. I have no idea where it is. And recently my wife bought me another ring and it wasn't even the right size for my fingers. So I don't even wear it anymore. <laughs> so I went and got this ring because it was cheaper than resizing the other ring. And so I, I just always have these problems with rings, always, always have had these issues, whether it's losing them, whether they're breaking, what, whatever it is, I've always had problems. But I remember... I bought Rachel her wedding ring. And we were coming down from Australia to come here to do our second kind of like reception or wedding type thing. And we decided to put the, her wedding ring in our suitcase. And so we put her wedding ring in our suitcase. We arrive at the airport and the airport tells us that our luggage is missing. And we're thinking, you know, it's probably just gotten on a different flight. They've tagged our bags. Surely it'll be okay. There shouldn't be any problems. Well, they still have never found that suitcase ever. We lost that ring completely. Still have not seen it. Completely gone. And so what did we do? We bought my wife another ring. And so we bought her another ring and we go on our honeymoon shortly after. So we flew here and then we went on our honeymoon and or... I might be getting confused or mixed up. I think this was before this happened. But we go on a honeymoon. We go on a cruise. And we're on this cruise. And I asked my wife, I said, oh, can I see your ring? And I'll never forget it. We're, we're next to the buffet area. She takes her ring off, hands me her ring, and I'm looking at it. And for some reason, I don't know if the boat moved or there was a lot of gravity, particularly in that spot I was standing in. But I tripped. And dropped the ring and it shattered everywhere on the ground, which is awesome. And so I pick up some of the pieces and we go to our friend and we ask our friend if they can repair it, fix it, figure out what's wrong. And, and they're like, yeah, no, we actually, we can, we can repair this. It's okay. Let, we'll figure it out. We'll put the stone back together. We'll make it work. And so they put the stone back together, reseated in the actual ring. And one day my wife was worship leading on the platform. And on the platform at our church, there's like these grates in in the platform, literally like right here. There's a grate here and a grate here, like a metal grate. And underneath it are these front of house speakers so that you can't see the speakers. And so she's worship leading on this grate. And out of nowhere, she feels something kind of hit her arm and she looks and the stone falls out of the seated ring down into the grate and she's thinking, oh my goodness, what is going on? And she goes afterwards and tries to look for the stone and we have, I kid you not, I don't know if it was like our sound technician or what, if he snuck under there and found it and sold it to make extra money. Because, you know, let's be honest, people that work for church, we don't make a lot of money. So I don't, you know, I I have nothing against him if he did that. But we could not find it anywhere, nowhere. And so (laughs) on our wedding day, there was a ring that my wife wanted very badly, but we couldn't afford it. And so, my dad was officiating the wedding and I didn't tell him this, but I ended up buying that ring. And we had like a, you know, another cheap ring kind of sorted out. This is, sorry, this um, this is another ring issue that we had. Sorry, this is another completely different issue. I've kind of got them mixed up here. But on our wedding day, one of the rings that obviously broke and had issues, I surprised my wife. And... I pulled it out, and I gave it to her, and it was this beautiful moment, and that was one of the rings that we ended up losing, which is awesome. We just have problems with rings, okay? We have so many problems with rings. And so finally, my wife, after the third or fourth ring, goes, you know what, there's one more ring that I would like, Micah. Could we, could we, could we afford it? Could we get it? And so I looked at it, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, let's, let's get it. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll get it. And, and so I have a photo of the ring, or it's not the exact ring, but it's very similar to the ring that we got. And so we got this ring, and it's a beautiful ring, absolutely stunning, stunning ring. And she gets this ring, and a week or two later, she's walking around, and all these you know, ladies are coming up to her going, wow, that ring is beautiful. It is stunning. That is probably one of the most beautiful rings I have ever seen. But you know what's interesting is that ring is actually not a real ring. It's fake. It doesn't really have much value. It probably cost us maybe a couple hundred dollars. And (laughs) I remember... Watching my wife one day, she, she was telling me this story. She was going, all these people keep telling me how much they love this ring. And I remember, I remember this moment in church. Someone walks up to her, and I'm standing kind of removed, close enough to understand the conversation, but far enough removed to not be in it. And I'm watching, and this lady goes, oh, can I see your ring? And she holds out her hand, and she's like, that is a stunning ring. It's so gorgeous. Where did you get it? And I remember looking at my wife, and she's very hesitant. I see kind of the, how do I, how do I handle this situation? And I remember we get in the car and I tell her this, I go, what, why were you so hesitant when that lady was talking to you about your ring? She goes, ah, I just, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I know it's not real and I'm getting all these compliments and people are telling me how much they love the diamond ring and. And I looked at her and I'll never forget this moment. I said, babe, it actually doesn't matter. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, you see, the value isn't in the ring. The value is in what it resembles. The value is in not how much it costs. The value is in what it represents. The value is that it represents our relationship, our covenant to one another. That even when times get hard, we're gonna commit to one another. It doesn't matter the value. And from that moment, she kind of had a bit more confidence, a little pep in her her step. When people ask her how beautiful the ring is, she's like, let me show you. Let me show you. This is My husband bought this for me. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with expensive rings. One day I pray when I have the money, I want to be able to bless my wife with a, a nice ring. But how often do we find ourselves when it comes to value? We know how to bring it. We know how to show it when it comes to our employer. We know the right things to do, the right things to say. We know how to make someone hear what they wanna hear, how to please them, how to show them value and what they're expecting from us. But sometimes we can forget our value. We get so focused on the task and the things at hand and we forget where the real value actually lies. See, the value wasn't in the ring. The value was in our relationship. It's easy to show someone value, to bring value, but it's not so easy to feel or be shown value. Did you see that? I kicked that water ball over and it was perfect, sorry. That was great. I was kind of impressed. I was like, this could either go straight to where I want it to go or it's gonna go flying off the stage. Okay. What I wanna do is I actually want us, I don't wanna get preachy for a moment. This isn't supposed to be like the most amazing transition here or anything like that. I want, just for a moment, I wanna read some scripture over you when it comes to value and your value, we're coming into a season, we're in a season, where it has a lot to do with value, we're going to receive gifts, and we're going to think, is that as expensive as a gift that I bought them, because I spent a lot of money on them, and this doesn't seem like they spent a lot, of, a lot of money on me, do they value me, I just showed them value, I just brought them value, but then all of a sudden, they did just, They did they just, I bought him a car, my husband a car, and then for some reason, all he did was he bought me a bar of soap, Okay, what I want us to do is I want us to read some scripture real quick, and I want you to, just for a moment, I believe every scripture that I'm going to read this morning, can I say all scripture is amazing, but the scripture that I believe is in this message this morning is extremely, extremely potent and, and powerful. I believe every scripture God really wanted you to hear this morning. I'm not just saying that. I really do believe that. So I want you to do whatever you need to do to receive this scripture this morning. Matthew 6:26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Matthew 10:29. Are are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worthy more than many sparrows. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have you, for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Psalm 17. Keep me. As the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 1 Peter 5-7 cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We serve a God that values us. But the crazy thing is is like I've said sometimes we can forget our value. It says this, I want to read this to you and this is one of the main points of this whole sermon scriptures. The reason why this sermon was written is this scripture here, James 1, 24. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I'm going to read that one more time. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Why this scripture? This is what I'm realizing. The word says in Genesis 126 that we're made in God's image. And if we're made in God's image, we are are a reflection of him. And sometimes we look at the word and we do the task and I've read my scripture. I've read the verse of the day today. I'm guilty of this. (laughs) I've read the verse of the day today. I'm good. But then I've forgotten what the word has said, what it is meaning to me. It's almost like I lose who I really am. Why? Because the word is a reflection of God. But yet I forget the power that it holds because I'm doing the task of just reading. And this is what I want us to get today. If you're going to take notes, and this is, and you're wanting a point, this is my main point for this whole sermon, and this is what I want you to take away from this morning, is we lose ourselves when we forget that the value isn't in the things, it isn't in the task, it isn't in the doing, but it's in our relationship with Christ. That's where our value lies. And I know, I know I'm a bit everywhere this morning, but I'm getting to where I want us to land this this morning. 2020 was a year that was pretty traumatic for the world. And I know some of you are like, you know what? I don't want to talk about COVID. That was three or four years ago. Long gone. Let's move on. Time to move on. But can I say trauma or crisis is something that can sometimes linger with people. It can kind of stay on your clothes. It's kind of like when you're around a campfire and the smoke gets on you a bit and it stays on you longer than you would like it to. And you're ready to move on. And like we all are, I believe we would all be ready to move on. But sometimes we need to keep addressing the things to make sure that the smoke is completely gone. Right? And so we can try to shove COVID under the rug. Or we can go, you know what, let's use it and see like the water fountain, how we can make lemons out of it. It's crazy because there's so many people in my life that were so-called Christians, and I'm not saying this to be rude, I'm also talking about myself here, where we started to see that COVID was actually a great year for me personally. It was a hard year, I hated it. (laughs) I really didn't like it, but it was a hard year because it revealed and brought some things to the surface in my life that I didn't know was there. And I think it did for a lot of Christians. A lot of people, there's a lot of Christians in my world right now that I would dare say aren't really following God the way they used to or they thought they would have been or wholeheartedly like they thought they were. There were some things that was brought to the surface. There's been a purification happening in his church across the globe since this 2020 outbreak. And the sad thing since 2020 is there's been a lot of my friends, personal friends, and even family members that have lost themselves. I would dare say when they look in the mirror, they're not seeing the same person that they saw before 2020. Some of the convictions, the foundations that were set and that were built are no longer there. And it reminds me of the story in the Bible in Luke chapter 22. Here we have Jesus and Peter having this dialogue. And Jesus is going, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no way. There's no way that could happen. This is similar to what we experienced in 2020. I bet if in 2015 I said, hey, you're going to probably do this, say this, act like this, you'd probably go, no way I wouldn't. There's no way. Hey, you're going to be locked down with your family, and it's going to drive you absolutely crazy. You're going to fight with your husband and your wife more than you ever imagined. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be, no way. I love my wife. She's amazing. I love my husband. He's amazing. There's no way. Hey, you might lose your business in 2020. No, trust me. We're above. We're out of the red. We're not. There's not a problem. Don't worry about it. Then 2020 comes, and then it's not what you have expected. Arresting Jesus and Luke, arresting Jesus, they marched him off and took him into the house of the chief priest. Peter followed, but at a safe distance. In the middle of the courtyard, some people had started a fire and were sitting around it trying to keep warm. One of the servant, serving maids sitting at the fire, noticed him, then looked, took a second look, and said, This man was with him he denied it. Peter denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. A short time later, someone else noticed him and said, you're one of them. But Peter denied it. Man, I am not. About an hour later, someone else spoke up really adamant. He's got to have been with him. He has got a Galilean written all over him. Peter said, man, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. At this very moment, the last word hardly off his lips, a rooster crowed. Just then, the master turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered what the master had said to him before the rooster crows. You will deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried. Peter lost himself. The very thing that was being taken away from him, when he realized Jesus, his rock, his foundation, Was potentially being taken away from him, he didn't know what to do. He lost himself. The value and the foundation that he was standing upon became a little bit rocky. The circumstance became a little bit rocky. The situation around him became a little bit rocky. So what did he do? He thought about his future. Oh well, if I if I say that I am with Jesus, then I might be crucified. He was worried about people's opinions. He was worried that what he thought his world would look like may be a bit different than what it should be. He lost himself. The crazy thing is, Peter walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He saw Jesus perform miracles. And not only did he see Jesus perform miracles, what did he do? He helped Jesus perform miracles. But yet he still chose to deny him. It's crazy because this is such a similar situation I've seen so many Christians go through in 2020 where our foundation got a little bit, and maybe not just our foundation, I wouldn't say our foundation, but our, our circumstance, our situation got a bit rocky, uncertain, unknown. Unfamiliar, uncomfortable. And yet I saw so many of my friends and family turn away from God because they lost their value in Jesus. Peter lost everything around him that he relied on. And he lost himself because he forgot that his value isn't in the things that he was losing. But his value is in his relationship with God. Last week, we talked about it, But Abraham knew without a doubt that Jesus, that God would not keep his promise, that he would keep his promise. And he had trust in him. So he wasn't worried about his future. He forgot that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the truth, and he is alive. But what he saw was potential death, ruin, and destruction. Some of you know this already. The team can come up. I'm going to wrap up. But my, I asked for permission to share this, and I know this has been shared a few times already, but my mom actually married someone Back in the day, someone that uh, wasn't the best, was a bit abusive, controlling. She got into a divorce before she married my dad. And I remember my mom saying this. She went to counseling to get help. And I remember my mom saying this, that the counselor said that usually the strongest people are the ones that lose themselves because they don't think it could ever happen to them. The crazy thing is even the strongest Christian could find themselves in their circumstance, losing their foundations, their convictions, the things that they thought were rock solid because of a circumstance, because of a change of weather. (laughs) 2020 was a crisis year, economic, health, racial inequality. And some professionals are saying it could take up to 10 years for this to kind of blow over. There are some battles not yet won, and that's okay. I've had people with identity crisis, people who they believe trusted in God, people who said it was all stripped away and they saw the true versions of themselves. But this is my prayer. Amongst all this crisis and trauma, I don't want this to be a sad, downer message before Christmas. You're like, I want to have like a joy message. Why is Pastor Trey not preaching? This guy is too too somber. He's too sad. He needs to stop. He needs to get out of his emotions. Good news, he's preaching next week, okay? (laughs) He's preaching next week. Don't worry. (laughs) This is the good news. I just wanted to paint this picture of us to realize that sometimes it's easy for us to not understand our value. It's easy for us to lose it. Why? Because our value comes in Jesus. Our value comes in our relationship with him. And a circumstance can sometimes get in the way of that. And I'm not saying it has more power than God. It has more power. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is our human nature can sometimes reject the very thing that God doesn't want us to reject. And it might not even be from bad intention. But this is my prayer. We're wrapping up 2023. Thank God we're getting further and further away from 2020. Maybe in 2030, my dad will get me to preach again, and I won't ever talk about COVID again. I'm sorry if I talked about COVID and you hate me talking about COVID. But this is my prayer for 2024. Is that amongst all of this, our value and our identity will not be found in what is lost or our circumstance, our perception, but that this year we're walking into we find our value in our relationship with God. You know what my New Year's resolution is? It's the same as last year and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. And I've, last year, I said it very boldly and I said it every month. People are probably annoyed at me because I say it so much. This is my New Year's resolution, that this year for 2024, I would become more like Jesus. That's it. That's it, why? Because if my new year's resolution has become more like Jesus, what am I gonna focus on? It says in Ephesians, to love our wives as Christ loved the church and died for it. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna focus on my marriage this year. What does the Bible say? To love our neighbor. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna focus on others this year. What does the Bible say? It says to get away in a private place With God. So, what am I gonna do this year? As I become more like Jesus, I'm gonna get away with Him. My New Year's resolution this year is just to do whatever I can to not allow myself to lose control so that when I look in the mirror, that I don't look at a stranger, but I see Him in me. So I pray this year coming up that we wouldn't lose ourselves on social media with all the politics the economic crisis. <laughs> Maybe our fam- family member that is away from God, but we, and we're frustrated and we're annoyed or we're not, we're not, we don't see eye to eye with some of our family this Christmas. Maybe there's some disunity and dysfunction. I pray this year that we would just focus our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, fix our gaze on Jesus. To fix our eyes on Jesus. I want to leave you with these last two things. Last two things, real quick. I want this to be practical. Because I can say, let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on God. How do we not lose ourselves so that we can see the, the true version of ourselves and how God has created us in his image? I want to be practical. How can we walk out today and know That when we look in the mirror, we're not gonna see a stranger. That we're not gonna be focused on our physical looks when we look in the mirror, how we think we should look, but we're gonna look in the mirror and see the God that created us. This is how. It's very simple. You ready for this? We rely on the Holy Spirit. We rely on the Holy Spirit. How do we ensure that we find our value in Jesus and not things of this world? We rely on the Holy Spirit. John 14, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you,
1: peace.
0: I don't leave you the way you're, you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft, so don't be upset. Don't be distraught. Don't be upset this Christmas. Don't be distraught this Christmas. You've heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you loved me, you'd be glad that I'm on my way to the Father. Because the Father is the goal and the purpose of my life. Because the Father is the goal and the purpose of my life. Because the Father is the goal and the purpose of 2024. I have a quick story, and then I'm going to read you one more scripture. And I'm not going to say the full story, because I don't have time, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times already because it is my dad's story but it's also my story because I witnessed it so I'm saying it's my story but many of you would have heard the story when we were at Galveston and my dad got a new Aggie ring and we're playing in the water it's like a Hollywood moment my mom's hair is blowing in the wind and I'm sitting there with giant muscles the girl of my dreams next to me and me and my dad are throwing an American football to each other in the water and Out of nowhere, I see panic, worry, fear in my dad's face, and he starts diving into the water, looking in the water, and I'm thinking, honestly, he's possessed or something. Something's not right. This is weird. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That's too far. He's looking in the water, and I'm like, Dad, what is going on? Do I need to pray for you? What is happening again? I got to stop with the jokes. Lord, help me.
1: And he's like, look,
0: look in the water, I lost my ring. And so we're searching for his ring and we didn't find it. And I remember we're sitting in the car and my dad's like, well, I have to this certain date to get this ring and to order a new one or I won't ever have one again. And he goes, I remember my mom and dad just said, well, let's pray. That was our first reaction, let's pray. So they pray and months go by and then my dad gets a call. And there's a treasure hunter or the school calls him and they said, Hey, this trade, we actually have your ring. And by the way, my dad's like, What do you mean my ring? I lost it in the ocean. And he's like, Well, there was a treasure hunter from somewhere the like UK, Europe. And I should have just hand the mic and let you tell the story. Anyways, England and they found your ring and we, they returned it back to you know, the university. The reason why I'm telling this story is because I want us to understand today and as we go out that God values you so much that he'll go to the depths of the sea to find whatever you need, to be whatever you need. Can I encourage you this morning that he values you so much? It doesn't matter the gifts that you receive. It doesn't matter whether you feel like you're successful in life. It doesn't matter whether you feel like you are the best parent in the world. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're the best husband or wife in the world. Can I just tell you that God loves you more than anything that you could ask or imagine. He is in love with you. He values you so much. And when we learn to understand that value in our lives, we're able to bring value like we could never imagine. Not value in the task for our boss or our employer, but a value in understanding the sonship that we have with God, the relationship of being an heir to his kingdom. He loves you and he values you. I'm gonna throw it over to my dad in a moment, but that's all I want us to do. If everyone could just bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to read a scripture over you. And I believe this is a beautiful love letter to you from God. And I want you, it's very symbolic and there's a lot of imagery in it. What I want you to do is I want you to just imagine God reading this love letter to you. The one I love calls to me. Arise, my dearest, hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove. Hidden in the split open rock, it was I who took you and hid you up on high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face. Let me hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. But you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you will you catch them and remove them for me we will do it together will you catch them and remove them for me we will do it together Father Thank you for your word this morning. and God, we pray, Father, that we would run to you this season, this year to come. That our value would be found in you, Jesus. Our foundations and our convictions would be found in you. God, that we would remove the troubling foxes in our lives and run away with you. God, I pray for a desperation and a longing to be with you. God, I pray that you would restore our hearts. God, that you would show us that all you want is for us to be at your feet. God, we pray that 2024 would be a year we would become more like you, Jesus. And God, that we would live with a God-confidence that our value is not found in the things of this world, but it is found in you. It's not found in the value of a ring, but our relationship and what it means to be in commune in a covenant with you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would seal this message in our hearts, that we wouldn't forget it, to remind us to get away with you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We value you. We pray that the value you have given us, that we would bring you value.
1: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Can we give it up for the word this morning? God, what are you saying to me? I wrote that down when Micah started his sermon, and I followed your instructions, and I was listening. Do y'all want to hear what God said to me during today's sermon? Can I share it? Okay, so I was sitting there, and Holy Spirit reminded me of the time that Carrie and I got really disheartened because it appeared that all of our kids were leaving the state uh, and the nation. Micah had moved off to Australia. Michaela had moved off to Tennessee. Um, Addison had moved out to Grand Avenue Parkway and Carrie and I said we were really disheartened and said what have we done wrong as parents that make our kids want to go so far away and it was a pity party I throw really good pity parties by the way if you're ever looking for one I can hook you up Uh, but we, we had communicated that and Michaela came back with a response we had said Something along the lines of, What have we done wrong as parents that make our kids want to move so far away? And Michaela said, What have you done right to empower your kids to go take on the world as God calls them to? And I thought, Wow, what a perspective shift. Looking at the same set of circumstances, but just shifting the perspective, to find value. And then Holy Spirit took me to Second Corinthians twelve nine, that said, my grace is sufficient for you. For the power, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And I hear Micah saying, I am powerful and I am valuable and I have strength. And Holy Spirit is saying to me, Trey, it's not even your own strength. It's my strength within you. Romans 8:11 the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and just tell them right now you are powerful. Turn to your other neighbor and say Christ in you is enough. Awesome. Good job. Can we give it up for Michael one more time? Wonderful word.